Kum Lena Rabat Gemara, we are up to Daflamet Tes Amit Aleph, and uh, we were learning about in, in, about the hollow, and the and the rubber came along and said all these major rules that we learn out from some of the we have in hollow, which today we don't even follow. But then the Mishnah concludes regarding hollow. First, it talks about someone can read hollow for you. If they're they can be mighty. If they're not, then you have to repeat word for word. And then the mission includes that the meaning is to repeat, you repeat, and the meaning is to just say it once, say it once. Says the Gemara, and I, I told you that Rashi explains how the entire chapter, and so on, is all repetitive. Every single item is repetitive until it comes to the words. So, Tana, we learned. <clears throat> I'll set a line to the top of the page. Tana, we learned. Rebbe, Kaifel, Bodvarim. Rebbe used to repeat things, and the way Rashi learns, Rashi's chat, others have different. That from Anna Hashem, he repeated Anna Hashem Hashino twice, Anna Hashem Hatzlichno twice, and Baruch Abo, and so on. He repeated. And Rabbi Loza ben Parta, Moise Budvari. He used to add more. Ma'am Moise, what did he add? Marabaye, Moise, Lichfam, Oichalamata. He, what he did was, he said, don't begin just repeating from Anna Hashem Hashino. Go back for Psukim and start from Oicha, Oicha Hashem Ganesani, start from there. And then you repeat that double everything double from there because then the entire pedagogy will be all um, repeated. And that's what we do today. Says the Gemara Lavare, you make a bracha. This what the mission says that some places have a minute to make a bracha at the end of Hal, which is Yahalucha. Says Abaya Loishanu El Achra. That's what I'm talking about. It depends on the meaning when it comes to the bracha afterwards. But before Halal is a mitzvah to make a bracha, because that all the mitzvahs you make a bracha before you do the mitzvah, not after you do the mitzvah. And Halal is a mitzvah, whether it's a mitzvah de Rabbanon or a mitzvah de Teda, we discussed yesterday, it's a machlekes, but nevertheless, it's a mitzvah. So therefore, it requires a bracha. And in fact, most mitzvahs require a bracha prior and do not require a bracha post. We did have a concept of a bracha we had in Marnida, and in other places, a bracha called Lishmar Chukov. And whether that's only a, where Rabbein Tam learns, it's only regarding filling, and only if you take it off right before nighttime, because you know, you're supposed to take it off, but not regarding other mitzvahs, and even filling if you take it off during the day. It's only then. Others disagree. But <clears throat> you're supposed to make a bracha before the mitzvahs. It's, that in itself is also only a mitzvah the Rabbanu to make a bracha, except that Rashi in Chumash and Pashas Kisavai, Rashi says that when you say vidu, by the Maisa, you say vidu, you say loyavarti v'shasecha v'loyachachti. So Rashi says loyavarti v'shasecha. I didn't go against your mitzvahs. I and Lishcha didn't forget. He says making a bracha. Rashi says that the Torah, the vidu, you're saying is he didn't forget to make a bracha. So suddenly we see, according to Rashi, the concept of brachas might be Mahatayra. And in fact, the Balacharedim, the Balacharedim learns that in Yishalmi, in Perivov, that as a mitzvah, the Torah to make a bracha, which would then mean, if you don't make a bracha, it could even be that it's Ma'akir. Al-Gemara and brachas, it seems that since not making a bracha, we've talked about people who cannot hear and whether they can give truma or not. Um, and it seems to me that if you did, if you don't make a bracha, it's not in any way preventing you from fulfilling the mitzvah. It sounds like we pass that it's a definitely with the Rabbanon. Anyway, so making a bracha before the mitzvah, mitzvah is the Rabbanon. A few exceptions, 
where you don't have a choice. Let's say like the faces that actually talks about when washing your hands, you make the bracha after you wash your hands. But over there, you're making the bracha before you're drying. And drying is, is not only a part of the mitzvah, it's pivotal to the mitzvah. Because if you don't dry your hands, you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah of washing your hands properly before the bread. So therefore, you're making a bracha in during the mitzvah. Big machleg is in Poskim, the Rambam, and the Hagois or Zerua, whether if you, if you didn't make a bracha before the mitzvah, can you make a bracha afterwards? The Rambam clearly says no. Zerua says you definitely can. If you're still somehow tied to the mitzvah, you can make a bracha even after the mitzvah. Umay mashm. The high oivel lishnak dumbuk. So the mother now asks the expression that Shmuel uses is all the mitzvahs make a bracha oivel asiyasim. Strange word. Should use the word koidem asiyasim. So the, every time the Gemara brings the rule of Shmuel, we always get sidetracked and talk about exactly the same Gemara. And not really see what it says. So we're, we're going to bring three different opinions as to where we find the word Oiva means before. And we're going to explain that the word Oiva doesn't mean just before. It means immediately before. So Oiva is a better word to use. So first comes along on Nacham and says, The Kushi was sent after Abishalom died. <clears throat> so they sent this kushi to inform David that, his, that he's safe again and Avshalom is no longer a threat. And Achimas decided that he wanted to tell David, so he bypassed the kushi. He ran from the kushi. And, um, and I guess even back in those days, the kushi were pretty fast runners. So he bypassed the kushi. And um, and so oh, it means he passed like, in front of him. Abai says, Mahacha from here. Who of our lift name? But Yaakov passed in front of his family, and he probably was right in front of his family. And we use the word, but when they greeted Asos, they use the word over. The boys say They read on third pasuk where it says, "Vayava." The Navi says, "As Mashiach will come, Vayava Malcolm lift name. The king will, will pass in front of them. Vahashem Bereishon. The Eved is right in front of the head. Why in the world do you think so? I always look up the first if anyone talks about what's going on there, and I haven't seen anything. But maybe. Usually, very often, the Gemara itself says, why, why doesn't this one learn this Bosik? Why doesn't this one learn this Bosik? Yeah, exactly. So what's Shalia? What's the Chile? Astonishing is, I've never seen a really good answer. The Rambam, when he quotes this halacha, the mitzvahs, you have to make a bracha. Before the mitzvah, he says, mitzvahs, mevarachin koidim asiyosim. He uses the word koidim instead of oivah. Here, the Gemara goes out of its way to explain three different psukim why it's important to use the word over because Kaidin can mean an hour before the mitzvah. We want to tell you you should make the baruch immediately before the mitzvah. And the Rambam Dafka uses the word Kaidin. I've never seen a good answer on that. Well, <clears throat> the only thing you can say is because the Rambam is addressing people to know what to do, to do the halacha, so therefore he uses the word that, that's common to them. Yeah, but it's misleading because Kaidin will tell you you can do it half an hour before. And that's wrong. So the Gemara went out of its way to use the word. Well, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't he then go in the halacha to explain what, what it means? Or he just uses the words, but he doesn't say there's got to be mamish closer. He doesn't say it has to be a second before, no. No. And not only a second before, it has to be in your hand already. Anyway, maybe the Ritva in Psachim, the Zion on the day, says, why do you have to make a bracha before the mitzvah? Make a bracha during or after? So he gives two reasons there. One reason he says is, one reason he says is because when we do a mitzvah, we have to have the totality of the person involved. So first we have to garner or harness our ruchnius, our nefesh, and then we go ahead and do the maisa, the pool. So you make the bracha, which is a, a spiritual thing, and then you do the maisa. You know, you prepare yourself to okay, do the mitzvah then. And the other pshadi gives there is, we want everyone to know the reason why we're doing the mitzvah is because Abisha told us to. So by making the bracha, you're acknowledging that this is that the Abish told us, and that's why we're doing the mitzvah. These are the two reasons it gives. So I'm just thinking. 
that the last Pasek is the second reason. The last Pasek is that the Eibishter is in front. And what are we saying here is that the reason why, it's not just we're touching the word over. We're explaining the reasons no, the way I told you, Ivar and Kaidim, that's how all the Mufarshim learn Shabbat. Like, like in Mufarshim learn Shabbat, the first question here is. The Rambam maybe learns totally different. The Gemara is not as Ivar and Kaidim mean exactly the same thing. Kaidim means immediately before and so does Ivar. So the Gemara before wants to know for Ket, since Ivar and Kaidim mean exactly the same thing, why use the word Ivar? So the Gemara is answering, we're trying to allude to the reason. Shmuel is trying to allude to the reason why we make a bracha before. So therefore, he, the, the possible is to acknowledge Hashem. Oivet is a word that associates with Hashem. This is to say, before we do a mitzvah, we want you to know why we do the mitzvah, because Abraham told us. The other two have to do with bypassing the kushi. Kushi represents like the Yetzirah. And uh, so we will look, we're bringing to him that no, the other reason is to prepare yourself, get your is going before we do the Maise. In other words, get the Yetzirah going and, and and suppress the Yetzirah. So the first possible we bring, which is to bypass uh, the, the, the Kushi, so to, to, to ignore, to bypass what you call the, the Yetzirah. And that's how you do Avleda, you pay yourself, you ignore the Yetzirah, you go straight to the midst of the Yetzirah. And the second one says, no, you have to confront the Yetzirah. Yaakov confronted Esau. You have to be confronting Yetzirah because the ultimate Avleda is to take the Yetzirah and not to do his kafia, but his Hapcha. Not only to 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 um to, to bypass him, but actually to to get the Yetzirah involved in the midst as well, to deal with him. Yaakov gave him a mincha, gave all these things, made all these overtures to get the Yetzirah on side, and the same thing over here. So that's the three psukim. One pasuk, the first two psukim deal with the pshat of the of the, the ritva, which is to get the nefesh going. And the first day of holds it's a skafia. You have to ignore the yetsahara. You bypass the kushi. You went through a different route altogether. Just ignored it. And the second one says, no, you have to be like Yaakov. You have to confront the yetsahara. So you have to do his hapcha. And um, and the last pshat is no. Like the other pshat of the ritva is to acknowledge that this is a tzibit from the abish, and that's why we're doing it. According to our scroll, there are three mekoyles uh, who deal with this. This cup is tmorim aluch laner nechsam soifer for psochim zayin on the base. We saw them all, and not now, years ago. <laughs> Nothing exciting. Okay, but I'm using drush and in in, in the whatever. Listen, in drush you have license there, whatever you want. I like this shot. If everyone has a better shot, with pleasure. Nobody brings the Ritva, by the way. And the Ritva, I think, is the only edition that I have seen ever, not now, but over the years, that um, explains why Taka Evil Atiyasa. The Ritva in Psachin of Zayin on base. Okay. Says uh, the next Mishnah, and now we go a little bit into Shemitah, which is coming up. If somebody buys a lulav from his friend Bishviz, and Rashi says he cannot imagine that the word chaveri is written there, because we're talking about a, a Talmud Chacham buying from Amar Aretz. And Amar Aretz, remember, we're worried that they don't keep certain laws, they don't keep the laws of Shvi, of Shvi is properly, because by Shvi is the din is lachem You're allowed to have, you know, have what you need, but not to do business with the crop from the like Rosen Shemitah, just enough to survive or to, to live on. And then when it comes to the time of beer, Pesach time, you have to destroy it and everything with it. And if you swap it for money, the Kedusha Shemitah, you swap it for money, then money has to be destroyed when it comes to Zaman beer. So therefore, we're talking about you buying a lulav, the whole the whole um, apparatus, the lulav, the Eskimos from Amma Oretz, why would you call him Chaveira? So Rashi disagrees and Taysa says, well, he brings a few rights. We do find the expression Chaveira, we're being kind, even when it comes to an Amma Oretz. And there's an amazing Shulchan Aruch in Simeresh Pei Beis and Hilch Shabbos, 
where it talks about um, the alias, the order of alias. Mogan of Ram, by the way, if you ever have a chance to look, the Mogan of Ram, the very end of Reish Pei Base, lists the hierarchy of alias. If you look at the last line, it's the very end of the simony, has a paragraph there going through the whole list. And the very last line, he says there that, that yard site is the very bottom of the pecking order when it comes to alias. Pretty amazing. Would you ask anybody to say yard sites? Number one, first, most important, that Mogan says the yard site is the very bottom. But anyway, so. Um, um, so he says, the, the Shemada says over there, that if you give an aliyah to somebody who is an Amaoretz, sometimes an Amaoretz giving aliyah is not forbidden to give before Tamachach. If this Amaoretz is nichbid, is somebody who is honorable, somebody who is wealthy, and the Shemada says, v'godl hadoy, and the Tamachach isn't. Now you ask anybody what a godla dairy is because you see all these things being banded <laughs> around. <laughs> the Gemara, if you look at the neighbor base, it's an amazing. Yeah, so in Bessiosh it says there, that he should get an aliyah before the Tambuchacham. So Tambuchacham is not a godla but the guy who's wealthy and obviously he does good things with his money, gives stock or whatever, he is a godla so suddenly we have a new definition of Godel Hadar. Interesting. Anyway, Halakech, no, Godel doesn't necessarily mean anything with learning. It has to do with somebody who, who, who contributes in a positive way to Klal Yisrael. Halakech, Lulav Mechavayim, you buy a Lulav from your friend in the year Shemitah. Noisin Esseg Matana. You should not pay for the Esseg. Because whatever money you're paying for the Esseg is a swap for Shemitah. And therefore, and we don't trust our mothers that will use up the money before it's Manabir. But so, and but you pay for the lulav. We'll soon see why lulav you can pay for. It's not the same problem. You cannot buy from Amoris Ashvit. Says the Gemara later on to little Anatolma. What do you do? The guy just want to give you a gift. An Esrik, very interesting. In those days, the lulav was far more expensive than the Esrik. What happened? Just want to give you a gift on the Esrik. So, for example, if the lulav was $20 and the Esrik was $10, pay him $30 for the lulav. And he says the Esrik is gratis. Package deal. You get unless a free esrik with a bulu. So that's therefore the, 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 the you didn't buy it from him. So there's no schaira with this fr uh, fruit from uh, Shemitah. There's no schaira with it. And uh, and and the um, and the is no worse off because he's getting the full, he's getting compensated, but he's paying a high price with the bulu. Says the Gemara Belaysa Lebahedu. What's the problem? The Gemara is not going why can't he just buy the esrik? What's the big problem? Says the Gemara, the problem is. The reason why you cannot give the money directly to the Amoris on behalf of, um, for the Esrig is because you're not supposed to give the money for fruits of Shemitah to an Amoris. And why not? The time we learned, you're not allowed to give the money of Perishvius to an Amoris because remember, you're not allowed to do any with um, with Pedis um, of Shemitah because they all have to be burnt. Not only the, the fruits, but also any money that you got in exchange of the fruits. You now do any business. <clears throat> and we suspect that the Maritz is not going to do that. Therefore, you're not allowed to give them any money for buying anything from them because you will be overlifting. So, how much? But he, the guy has to live a little bit. So, you can only give him a little money. How much? The maximum you can give him at a time. Um, you're not allowed to give him more than Shabbos. You have to have three meals. You're not allowed to give him more than what he requires. For Shabbos, which is the value of three meals. Um, and, and therefore, obviously, an Esrig must be worth more than the value of three meals. 
And if you did give him by mistake, you bought an Esther, let's say, from an Amaret, so now suddenly you realize you gave him money and he might not consume it before Pesach. This Malabir is Yoima. You should right away say, Harimoyis Halolu, that money, Yemachuloli, La Pedish, Yeshifabesi. I'm going to swap the Kedusha of that money that I gave him over the fruits that's in my house. And um, <clears throat> There was a big machlek as we can we go have more in in paying more in seven paying more basa regarding the tznuyin. If you can actually do that, once the the money is no longer in your rishus, you gave it to somebody else. Do you have the ability to take the kedusha of the money that now is sitting in Amaris's house and belongs to Amaris, and somehow or another I can take the kedusha of the money and put it onto my fruit chair? Do I have that ability? or don't have that ability. And since I'm the one who gave the money in the first place, so maybe it's retrospective and all that kind of stuff. We will learn in midterm the seven pedik. Um, and then, and therefore, there's no longer kedusha in the money that you gave to Amaris. There's no issue there anymore, and you have to make sure that you consume your pages that you just not make kedush before shemitah, you know, before there's manabir. When do you say that you can give them, you know, the value of up to three meals? Is only talking about belakech You bought from um, hefker. In other words, you can see that the gates are wide open, so that it's you know flung wide open. So he's not protecting it or keeping it for himself, because that's what he's supposed to do to make it hefker available to everybody. So therefore, you're allowed to give him some money. We don't suspect him totally. You're allowed to give him some money, but not a lot, because because we're still suspecting that uh, suspicious that the money you'll give him, if it's a lot, he'll, he'll invest it somewhere, and the money will be sitting around. Passed beyond his amount of beer. Okay, but if you go to his garden where he grows, let's say his orchard where he's growing the essig and the gates and his locks on them, which means he's protecting it. So then, obviously, he's not following the laws of Schmidt and he's not making it have available to all the poor people. So, so then, this thing about giving the money for the little really is a trick. Because the, the Ahmad is doing all the wrong things. He's, he's, he's preserving it. He's, he's protecting it because he wants to make a business out of it. So then giving more money for the little of it is a trick. And you cannot do that. That you cannot do. Okay. If it's Hefke, then we still suspect that he will um, you, leave the money beyond Manapir. So he can give only up to three meals. But if, and then make this trick about giving extra money for Lulav. Uh, because it is hefker, so it's all right. But if it's if it's gated, then you're definitely not allowed to because it's diff- he's definitely doing a business with it. And um, don't be involved with him because even giving more money to Lulav is a trick and it's not going to work. So Moser Rabshayish, the has a question that says, you're telling me when it comes to hefker, you still have a cap of three meals. If it's Mamish hefker, what's the big deal? I'll tell you, I have a question. We will learn. We'll mention a number of herbs. I'm not sure exactly what they are. But Raja says, hapigim is a kind of a herb. We're going to list of herbs and vegetables that grow at random, so they don't have value. So we, if we don't know if the Amaretz is trying to make business with them or is just lying there ownerless, these kind of plants here have no very little value on the market. So therefore, we can automatically assume that they are hefker. So one of them is pigus, some kind of a herb. And one of them is herbicin, some other kind one of is, herb. One is called rue sorel. What is that? That's pigeon vehirbutsin. No, no, no. What's rue? I don't What's know. Oh, okay, so different herbs. So we're no wiser. Okay, so these are different herbs. And then we have shitim. Shitim Nasha says asparagus and chalgalois, some other some other kind of a, of a vegetable or something. Pure slime. Pure slime. Pure slime. What's that? Don't know. 
Okay. But Hakusber, which is we know is coriander, but he says Shabaharim, which means there's two kinds of corianders. There's wild coriander growing in the mountains have no value, over, practically no, no value. So therefore they're hefker. And then you have coriander that's growing in your garden, and that is very valuable. And Baha Karpas, Shabilaharis, Karpas that grow next to your river. And what exactly is Karpas is interesting because it's, it's the same thing we have Karpas by us. So Rashi says here, one shot that in one place he said it's cress, but in the other, but it's adapted because it's wild and near the river and therefore it has no value. But if it grows in your garden, it does. But then Rashi says, Karpas is Afyon. And if you look in Pesach, in, when we eat Karpas, the Machtis HaShekel, they translate that Afyon is celery. Others say afia is, is uh, parsley, right? People eat for carpus, parsley, celery. They both use the word afia. So celery, seems from here, has very little value. But it's celery that grow next to the rivers. But Rashi doesn't like the shot because he says, as far as he knows, celery or afia, could be parsley, doesn't grow near rivers at all. Okay? Anyway, we're, we're using examples of, of, of the herbs and, and things that, that grow and have very little value. The Hagargi shall aphid, and the Gargit of aphid is also some kind of leaves, oroga, oroga, what are you called, oroga, which is also you know, like little, little, little salad leaves. And they, they grow together, but it's again in the wild, but if they grow in your garden, they're value. All these are pots of anamaisa. Why are the pots of anamaisa? Forget about the, not talking about Shemitah, we're talking about all the years they're part of Hamaisa because they, you can assume they are Hefkin. Nobody really takes care of them. And because it's Hefkin available to everybody, anything which is Hefkin available to everybody is, is a part of Hamaisa because we'll, we'll have more Hamaniach there. And the reason is because it says, the Levi that has no share in it, that, then he gets his Maisa. But if he does have a share because it's Hefkin, then you're not Chayiv to give Maisa. The Nikhim we call Adlan Bishwita, so to Shmita you can buy from anybody. So even though there is the laws of Shmita when it comes to Hefka, but nevertheless, um, that we can assume that this is uh, Hefka, um, and, and uh, you can give him some, you can give him money, and we're not suspicious that he is going to make business with it. Only even though there are laws of Shmita, but because it's Hefka, we're not worried he can make a business out of it because it's not not much value to it. So, and, and there's no cap here. So because you can assume that because nobody generally dates these kind of things. No, so clearly we see there's no cap. Why did you tell me if it's Hefke, you're only allowed to give him money for three meals. You know, you buy from him because we're suspicious. Here it's clearly there's no cap. If it's Hefke, you can give him as much money as you want. Says so, who asked the question, and he answered the question to himself. When this writer says you can give him money, he's talking about how much? Enough for him to eat. So digress. The word man, how do you know man means food? It says the Pasuk, by Daniel, by that the king sent to them. So again, we digress. We say a word, and whenever we digress, we see what that word is. So why does Shesha use that word in the first place? Maybe to teach us the word ma. Says the Gemara. Um, oh, in, so in, in modern Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, there's a word lemayen, which is just to to subsidize, to give to give uh, financial support for uh, for certain projects and things. Okay, I guess the verb by man comes from the noun, the man, man ki man hu. I mean, that's where it comes from originally. Um, uh, what do you call it? So I'm not sure why we don't we don't even bring that. The word simply the word man. Is, is, is generally the food that they ate. 
If we have a problem with Esek because of Shemitah, no Lulav Nami, why aren't we worried about the Lulav? Why isn't that an issue of Shemitah? Why are you allowed to pay for the Lulav? So Gemara is going to tell us an interesting thing. Every tree, you have two, two stages. You have the stage when it begins to blossom, begins to bud, and then you have the stage when, the, when it's full in the full bloom, or, and when you pick it, which if most trees, they start growing in one year, and then you pick it, let's say, in the next year. So, you know, maestris, the first or second year, you have to give maestris to the lady, but the third year, you give maestris only. Um, so the first, the first year, you give um, maestris shani, and the third year, so you give maestris shani, which means you take the line, but the third and sixth year, you give it to a poor person. So what happens if a tree started to bud on the second year, but you didn't pick it to the third year? Which maestris do you have to give? So the law is when it comes to trees, you go after the time of chanotah. When it begins to blossom, when it comes to vegetable fruits and vegetables, is when you pick it. So says the Gemara, <clears throat> or when it comes to vegetables, you pick it. So the Gemara is like this. Uh, <clears throat> should be the same thing. So we're talking about the lulav. Generally, the trees started to, to bud in the sixth year, and you didn't pick it till Sukkot, the seventh right before Shemitah. So the same issue with an essay. You plant it in the sixth year and you pick it in the seventh year. So why, when it comes to essay, do we treat it as if it's a shmita essay and we got a problem? And why, when it comes to lulub, we treat it as a non shmita lulub and no problem? So the mother says, So the mother answers, Essig, well, we have this, this whole Gemara in the beginning of the tradition. Essig, Bosser, Lekita, Aslin. When it comes to Essig, Esrig is different than all the trees. Esrig, we go after the picking like vegetables. And therefore, when it comes to Esrig, we treat it as a Shemitah year. Got a problem. When it comes to Lul, we treat it as the, the, the year prior to Shemitah. Says the mother, what are you talking about? Okay, when it comes to Shemitah, we don't really have an argument, but we have an argument when it comes to Mises. But Bain Rabbi Gamliel, Bain Rabbi Lezer, who argue when it comes to Mises, how do we treat these, you know, the Esrig as, a, as, a, as a one year when you Planted it, you know, when it's on blossom or the, or the next year when you picked it. But when it comes to the Shemitah, it seems everyone agrees. Essig, Bosa, Chanotas, Linda, Essig, just like a tree. And you go after higher planting, and there should be no distinction between an Essig and a Lulu. What story? Essig is similar to a tree. In three different ways, an Essig is similar to a tree. And liyetic, but similar to a vegetable. What do you mean? Shovel in what respect do we say that an ester tree is similar to a, a regular tree? La Arla, it has the trees of Arla because vegetables don't have the first, you know, the din of Arla, the first tree is only trees. So Esther will be treated like a tree, it has din of Arla. And the Ravine, the fourth year, you have to take to the Shalim, just like a tree. All the Shri's, that one, when it comes to Shemitah, we go after. Um, <clears throat> What do you call it? Um, you go after um, the year that it was planted, or, like a tree. And when it comes to a vegetable, it, um, uh, you go after one. I'm sorry, they all have the law of, uh, of Schmidt as well. It's like a vegetable when it comes to one in one way. That what? When it comes to mice, when it, we don't look at, don't treat it as a tree that you look at a time when it begins to blossom, but rather we look at the time when you picked it, just like all other vegetables. So we look at that year and that's what we get. However, Abelaza says, Abelaza says that essig in everything is like a tree. That what? You go after a blossom. Um, <clears throat> No, so they argue when it comes to Maisa, which year do you treat it at? But everyone agrees 
when it comes to Shemitah, an Esrig goes after Chanata, an Esrig is well, after Pulki, uh, after Chanata, after you blossom like a, like a tree. So Lechayda, so how come in our Mishnah we make a distinction between a Lulav and Esrig? A Lulav is treated all right, but the Esrig is treated as if it's the seventh year fruit and you have to, it's a problem with Shemitah. Why should that be a difference? Says the Gemara, because our Mishnah disagrees. Our Mishnah, who don't make Aitana Mishnah, our Mishnah holds like the following Tana. Tana the Rice of Amr of Yasi basically said, Avtumas, hey, Avtumas once testified, Mishnah Chamisha's Kainim, in the name of five elders, that Essig, that um, the five elders say that Essig, Achalakita, Lemaisen, that the five Kainim came along and said that they disagree with them, Ram Gamliel, and Abeleza, they hold that when it comes to an Essig, they hold that you go after the time of picking when it comes to Maisa, and right, which is like Rabbeleza. But then they say, mm, mm. Uh, but um, they're like, I'm sorry, but our rabbis, when they were sat there in Kavina Nusha, they said, whether it's Maisa and whether it's Shmita, when it comes to an Essig, we look at the time of when you picked it. Shvi is mandikashme. We're just meant to come into the conversation. Talk about Maisa. Chesudim makes a few words missing. This is what this is what Rabbi Yisi said. Rabbi Tumas testified and said, "Esig achalakita lemaisa." That these skeinim held when it comes to Maisa, we'll treat an esrig when you pick it, like Rabbi Gamliel the achachanotul shvi is. But when when it comes to Shmita, you look at the, when it began to blossom. Our rabbis they sat down and convened Rosh They say, "Esig." That it comes to an essay, Bosalakita, we look at the time of picking Bainla Maisa, Bainla Shvis, whether it's Maisa, whether it's Shmita. Both, um, both of them are, are, go after the year that they were picked. So, therefore, in our Mishnah, Lulav is considered all right because it's the sixth year. But when it comes to essay, we treat it like a seventh year, like a Shmita product, and therefore you cannot buy it from an Amma so that's how we explain our Mishnah. So, so based on this, for an essay in, in the first year after Shmita, if it's if it's cut, it's a problem. It's still a problem. Yeah, yeah. So the lulav is a problem. Kita, the other way around. Says, the other way around. The essay is no problem. The eighth year, the lulav is a problem. Yeah. 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 According to that, we'll, we'll continue tomorrow to see other distinction between the lulav and the essay. Yeah, that's why that people actually don't buy, uh, um, even though they buy from it sell all the time. The abominim, but the year after Schmitter, they they avoid it for different reasons. <clears throat> okay, we will uh, stop here and continue with the Remember, they, the Shreigim generally are sold, uh, picked before before Tishrei. We bring it to the market. It's actually interesting, you know, it's a soul. If you want to go buy a Shreigim, normally, it's only out between, between, Yom Kippur, between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. Before that, it's just not there. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I think probably the thing is because that that sort of helps the demand. It helps them justify a price because everybody's you know everybody's wanting wanting to buy it. They've got this very small time frame in which to buy it. So it could be a business a business uh, strategy. So you mean everybody's in collusion? I don't know exactly. I don't know, but that's that's how it is. That's how it is. Interesting. Unless they really pick it fresh, right? Right between the shani and It's possible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll see you tomorrow.